Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Lifeblood. That's L-I-F-E-B-L-U-D. Lifeblood.co. Lifeblood is a bioenergetic focused supplement company. They really focus and hone in on the energy restoration process of the body. Um, Their website has a ton of great educational resources on it, uh, specifically for each of their products. Uh, Those products range everything from uh, lion's mane to chaga extracts. Um, They have vitamin E. Personally, I'm a big fan of their magnesium supplement. I use that consistently, especially during the winter months to get me through the stress that comes with living in the Northeast. Um, Their supplements, I really would like to highlight because they focus on the quality of their source material. There's no fillers. There's no chemical solvents in any of the uh, extractions. Um, And really, their products are some of the purest and highest quality in their class. So check them out. That's lifeblood.co, L-I-F-E-B-L-U-D dot C-O. If you use the promo code BETTERISM, you can save 10% off your order. That's lifeblood.co. This episode is brought to you by Life. Life is a health and wellness brand. Um, they feature all kinds of health and wellness products. They focus mostly on supplements. They have everything from vitamin E, vitamin C, NADs, vitamin K. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Shilajit tablets. I put some in my coffee every morning to help me think a little more clearly, process things smoothly, that sort of thing. Um, but again, they they kind of focus on all across all health and wellness products. Um, their goal is to be innovative and effective, trying to help people become less stressed, uh, more energized, and live happier lives. Um, I do also recommend checking out their podcast, Meadow Life Radio. The host and owner, Matt Blackburn, does a really great job in educating listeners and, and his audience about what supplements are right for them. Um, you can find them online at meadowlife.co. That's M-I-T-O-L-I-F-E dot C-O. And if you use promo code BETTERISM, you can get 15% off all of their products. And there's no restrictions there. Um, again, that's meadolife.co, promo code BETTERISM for 15% off. Please go check them out. They do a really great job in educating and sharing the knowledge, and I think that is a lost art this day and age. Meadolife.co, check them out. All righty, friends. Hi there, it's Glenn. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. Uh, today we have a returning guest, Aaron. Oh, my God, I can't talk. Adam Marifiati, still founder of Lifeblood. Adam, man, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Uh, you're you're one of the first to put me on, so I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> and it's nice to be back. <laughs> yeah, man, that's actually why I wanted to get you back on the show. You know, last time we spoke, Lifeblood it it had its foundation. I think you had mm-hmm. around like a thousand followers on Instagram, but I mean, since then you've been on quite a few bigger podcasts and your uh your follower counts i think it's above 10 10,000 now right yeah yeah like 11 so, or something yeah it's gotten really busy and uh 
So you found a diamond in the rough, I guess. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just glad it, you know, it, I think we've talked about this in the last show too. You and I line up, uh, our, our learning habits very clearly, even though our areas are different. I think we mm-hmm. very match in that sense of like growth mindset. So I figured we would start off with the growth of lifeblood. I mean, you, the company itself has grown tenfold since we last chatted. I mean, to the point where like I was putting in some of my orders and like some of the things, my go-tos have been like sold out and I'm waiting for the stuff. I imagine there's been distribution issues and like just, you know, supply and demand, but can you talk a little bit about the growth and kind of where you think it came from? How you're managing it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I started, you know, early last year and um everything i was doing and and have been doing up until you know almost the winter uh was mostly in small batches and uh, some of my products still i can only get in small batches no matter what uh, no matter how big i grow and um and that's just because of of the way they're made who they're made by a really small scale operation super high quality and uh and that was, I guess, the focus of the business and and probably why so many people liked it and why so many people, you know, have, have tagged along and, and uh, become customers or followers as well as giving the educational experience while I had time uh, on Instagram and through my own personal to try and teach people about the products and why quality matters and why these certain products matter. Um, and I think, you know, the, the educational aspect on the side really helped people to follow along and, you know, create a story or, and uh, a strong narrative around the products, which we believe in and all of our customers believe in. Um, and so it's very real, it's very authentic. And I think that people understand that. And I think that's one of the large reasons for, for the growth. And, you know, there's no buying followers. There's no, uh, I don't pay any ad agencies, do crazy marketing. I can't even sponsor posts on Instagram or Facebook cause I'm, my account is restricted. Um, and so it's all 100% organic growth. Um, as far as handling it goes, it's been definitely a challenge. I've had to shift my priorities quite a bit. I don't have as much time to make educational content. Um, and I've, I've had to sort of shift to focusing on the customer experience and making more efficient and optimizing all the sort of inner workings of the business, just in terms of getting things back in stock, uh, operating with growth, planning for the future and, and reinvesting and stuff like that. So, so that I can serve more people. Um, because as you said, like, you know, we've had many, many times in the past few months, especially where like the whole store was just wiped and we, you know, basically had to close, close the doors, so to speak, like nothing (laughs) to sell. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been difficult. It's been great. 
but yeah, a lot of sort of changing the, the priorities of, of what we've been doing. Uh, it's mostly me. My girlfriend helps me a lot. And, uh, but yeah, doing tons of customer service now. And so if I have to restructure, I might have to think about that in the future, but you know, in a way that makes sense, I can afford it and stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a shift for sure. And I think that's, you know, that's that growth, um, again, ties back to the authenticity you were talking about of mm-hmm. like the educational content. I mean, the, the products and the quality of the products too, you know, I imagine something like your, the mushroom tonics like that, because it's so small batch, you know, those things have lots of, uh, purposes to the point where your educational content backs those up and the people, your customers, your clients, they don't even need to kind of think twice, you know, that's just like, Oh, throw this in the cart too, you know? And yeah. you don't think about that stuff when you're, you know, ordering your, your bulk, right. Your shit, your main shipment, you don't really kind of realize how quickly that can explode. You know what I mean? Like it comes about so fast and I guess where I'm going with this I'm curious if you've started to think about scaling it all because a lot of times scaling a business, you know, there's, like you said, there's priority uh, priorities that need to take place. There's mm-hmm. different cutbacks and advances, um, you know, and then you start, you know, God forbid the, the product starts to sacrifice quality. Like, obviously you don't want that to happen either. Have you started to kind of think about that at all? Or are you trying to plan for the future? Are you right now just trying to take it like one day at a time? week at a time quarter at a time yeah so the main products that would be the ones that are hardest to keep in stock for me are the vitamin e the vitamin k2 and the methylene blue sort of um i've had luck recently with with uh finding you know maybe the only other supplier or the only one i could find that does super pure high quality methylene blue liquid. And so, so right now we've had a stable, a stable stock for the past month or two, and and it'll probably continue to, to be that way into the fall. Um, yeah, but for the other products, I have, I have some very specific requirements in terms of what, you know, the ingredients that, that need to go into them and the processing methods that, uh, also need to be done, you know, in terms of taking, let's say a vegetable based oil, like a, like a sunflower or soybean oil. And then how you derive the vitamin E from that is important as well as the, the end the end contents of the vitamin E, you know, the, the actual formula of, of by weight, what, what are the tocopherols and then the other ingredients in the capsule. So is the, you know, the base oil, what's the soft gel made of, et cetera. And so, uh, I, I was thinking about scaling vitamin E almost a year ago and it's taken me this long to try and, nail down the formula um with someone that was able to produce it and it's finally almost ready so i'll have soft gels again um and what i think will be the best ones on the market 
um, probably by June or so, like a couple months from now, I think. Mm. And so those will be able to be produced at a larger scale than my current uh, glass tincture product. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it'll be a, a mixed tocopherol, molecular distilled tocopherols. That's the processing method. And uh, it'll be an organic olive oil. Uh, some people have sensitivities to the MCT. And so you can't really do olive as well in uh, tincture form. MCT is a little more stable. And so that's why the that's preferred there. But in the soft gels, it'll be fully enclosed in the gelatin soft gel. And so we'll be able to uh, to produce those at scale. Is that the only formula change? Is just that one, the oil-based? Um, yeah, pretty much. Because I imagine and once you start playing with... Gel. Yeah, yeah, right. I imagine mm -hmm. once you start playing with the, you know, the final product like that, you have to make uh, adjustments. And like you said, like you want to pay attention to the quality of the product too, mm -hmm. especially with something like vitamin E, you know, to me, that seems like one of the highlights on your product page that with the methylene blue, which I kind of wanted to jump gears to that too. You know, you were on, uh, since we last spoke, you were on a few podcasts, notably yeah. uh, Life and extreme health radio. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you, they've kind of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but they kind of framed you as like the methylene blue expert. Would you, yeah. would you kind of put yourself in that category or are you just kind of like, you know, using your research and your, your own self-education to kind of help the community? Yeah, I, I definitely don't think I'm an expert, but uh, I have studied it quite a bit and I think I can help like you said, I can help other people understand its function. Um, it does help that I've studied sort of the background of the way it works, which is cellular and, and mitochondrial metabolism. So I have a, a foundation for, for understanding its function because there's no real, there's no like non-scientific explanation of methylene blue and its action. You know what I mean? There's no like, I can't tell you like it helps your joints or something like something very, you know, easy to grasp for the average person. Right. It, it has to be explained in the context of cellular metabolism. And so it does help that I've studied that previously and I have a sort of that that foundation for understanding it. And also coming from someone who is a learner. I think sometimes it's easier to teach people from the perspective of a learner. So uh, someone that was, let's say, an expert in it may not know the right words or the right explanations that someone who's just learning these things needs to hear in order to properly grasp it, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. No, I mean, that's ultimately the whole point of this podcast is trying to help people learn by teaching right because it mm -hmm. you know when you really think about it, that that process is a circle you know you you teach something um and you learn it at the same time and you know more effectively you learn something by teaching it right so that circle of something as complex as like methylene blue has i imagine has helped you 
as well as helping, you know, the community itself. And the one book that you recommended, I think you just posted on your story. It was uh, The Ultimate Guide. Mark Sloan, I think the author was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was a good starting point for me to kind of help me understand like the the basics of it, you know? And from yeah. my understanding, I see that it's, again, I, I would not consider myself anywhere close to as knowledgeable as you. But from what I understand, it it helps every person individually within their own context because like you said like there's no there's no set thing that it does it kind of like it boosts the the atp in each person individually based on what they need if that makes any sense yeah it has a very systemic broad range of action it's not yeah like and like i said it's not you know going to your knee and and fixing your knee (laughs) it's it's (laughs) it's basically stains your cells your and it enters the mitochondria as something that can carry what we call electrons and that carrying of electrons is the basis of all function of all life and so things that poison you things that over time we accumulate you know we breathe in through pollution through chemicals cleaning supplies etc 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 everything is sort of contaminated as we know um these things quite literally inhibit that same electron flow or that you know passing the electron through the mitochondria and so methylene blue simply restores that action it's a bit of a shortcut um especially when oxygen is being inhibited by these poisons um and so that's why it can help you know any really condition uh is because it helps the the basic energy function of the body which is used to do absolutely everything in the body yeah I mean, it's so foundational, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know it's a synthetic, I, I want to say formula, I, that's the wrong word, but yeah. I know it's synthetic, but it's it's still, I mean, it's acting on such a level that you you wouldn't normally see from like plant compounds and things, you know? I mean, for me, my my jump off the diving board was, was Shilajit, right? Like I, once I started learning a little bit more about that and kind of how that affects the body, you know, I started reading your work uh, Blackburn's work, uh, Justin, you know, I started reading all of the blogs, listen to the podcasts and things like that. And I started realizing how all of the things are interconnected. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I've, I've seen and read about a very close connection between methylene blue and red light. I mean, it, what's going on? Like, how does it interact with, I guess what I'm asking is how does it interact with other, with other compounds? Right. I mean, something like red light, which does, similar (laughs) cellular Mm -hmm. uh, processes i mean how does it react with something like that well i think what's what's happening there to the best of what what i've read in terms of papers and and scientific uh observation is we're looking at an effect and so you put two things together and you witness an effect And therefore you say, you know, methylene blue and red light have a synergistic action. 
which is true and i'm not, but i'm not sure that the mechanism is fully understood or been pinpointed like why mm, right um i have ideas i mean marley robbins says that methylene blue improves the function of all these different copper enzymes he's like every enzyme that it that it improves the function of is a copper enzyme and red light has a similar function in that it it improves the cytochrome c oxidize oxidase which is kind of uh like i was talking about in the mitochondria it's it's part of the the electron transport chain as it's called so this is what helps the flow of electricity and there's definitely something to be said about certain wavelengths of light um that that do improve that effect like going in sunlight or or going in in front of a red light device and so we're talking about improving the the electricity the the electrical flow through our bodies which happens through light water and minerals like electrolyte minerals um you know it's it's a very electrical process and and light is involved it, you know it's just it's fascinating to me and i don't uh, pretend to know the ins and the outs of it but yeah there's something to to do with both using the methylene blue and the red light that can improve this energy function in a in a very efficient way it's interesting you know when you were talking i was trying to connect my own dots i'm also mm -hmm. reading this book right now um the invisible rainbow it talks about oh yeah uh the frequencies of like different colors and things like that and it, i almost wonder if like the because i know red light it it vibrates on the same frequency as as copper as as the, the mineral i guess right um right so yeah i'm, I'm wondering yeah. if like the the methylene blue has has a frequency that lines up with uh a, a broader spectrum than just red light you know like if we're witnessing mm -hmm. that synergy between the two because it's the first one that we're noticing and you know we're starting to realize it's happening but i wonder if it kind of has other um vibrational matches like with other things that we're just not aware of yet if that makes any sense yeah it's a great question I mean, I'd love, I'd love for someone to figure that out for us, or or for for us to figure it out in some way. Um, I don't think that that answer is is out there. Maybe it is. I don't know, but I don't think it is. And um, but these are the these are the types of questions that can lead us through, you know, different avenues of thought that I think are very important. And I think especially with something like methylene blue, where the information around it is so suppressed um, because of, <laughs> we'll just say this, like in light of what's going on in the world, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's harder to research and to study those things from authentic sources, you know, without, without any outside bias or influence. Um, what's your, what has been, and this doesn't have to apply to just methylene blue, but what is mm -hmm. your research process? Like, do you have like a go-to, 
do you have any main sources or recommended sources for listeners somewhere where like someone who had a question like that with frequencies, like where can they start to dig around for something like that? Um, I guess it depends what you're looking for, but it, it also is very important to have a bit of a foundation of the way that you understand the world or the way that you understand the body so that you can discern what you read or what you hear and decide for yourself if you think it's accurate or not. Um, I always use PubMed, which is where all the scientific papers are published online. So like all research and clinical trials and all that kind of stuff. But I go in there with my own foundation of understanding biology and science and, and all these different things that I've developed over time through listening to people like Dr. Ray Pete and his influences and, and Dr. Tom Cowan and, and other people like that. So you i think it takes time and it takes just listening to a lot of different people that you may or may not consider so-called experts and that that way you can you can sort of hone your your own understanding in a way that you can use it as a tool to interface with other research and and other information that you come across And that's just it too. It's, you know, it's like having that, that open mindedness of going in with the context, but being willing or having willingness to allow that context to be fluid, right. To, to change mm -hmm. as, as needed. Right. It's, I think that's a, that's an important step because a lot of, a lot of people, especially when it comes to health, right. I mean, a lot of people are looking for an answer and so often, especially, Americans, we want it to be like direct, quick to the, you know, shortcut, like here's, here's what you can do. But, mm -hmm. you know, with something as complex as health, I mean, I'm just using that as an example, but it, it's, it's not like that, right? You have to have that open mindedness, um, that willingness to grow and learn and to build upon the foundation that you already have. So like use what you know, but like, don't, don't see it as the end all answer, you know? Exactly. I mean, the more you learn, you realize the less that we know. And, and that's been something that I've had to kind of confront over the period of going from someone who just vaguely studied nutrition and supplements and stuff to getting more and more deep into it. And and then studying biology and and health, wellness, and illness in a much more rigorous way. <clears throat> I think if you're intellectually honest with yourself, in it, with any topic, probably you realize that we we know basically nothing, and and we're all just trying to figure things out in the best way that we can with the tools that we have. Um, but it's not perfect, and and you know, perhaps we're not meant to know everything, but yeah, to, to give you an example, I mean, 
there there are tons of studies showing methylene blue and its bactericidal effect as they call it so they'll they'll say it kills bacteria because they're witnessing an effect that says you know they administer the methylene blue and then the later the bacteria goes away but if i go into these studies with my own understanding that i've that developed over time that bacteria arises as a result of dead or dying tissue and the bacteria is part of the resolution that is there to clean up or decompose or recycle this dead matter and bring it back into you know back into the elements back in into a place where it can live again um I give the example of like a log rotting in the forest and mushrooms will grow out of it uh, mm. as like a, you know, the fungus sort of recycles the, the decaying wood. Right. And methylene blue, we know restores the oxygen, you know, it, it can reoxygenate tissues and cells so that they stop decaying and they stop dying. So that they can gain nutrition again oxygen and nutrition and create energy which is the basis of life and so when i see a study like that i will take my own foundation there and say well i don't think it killed anything i think it reinvigorated the environment which stopped the need for bacteria and therefore the bacteria went away Right. You said a, there's a key word that I guess phrase that I wanted to point out and kind of, I'm going to ask you to go a little deeper on it, but you, you said the words uh, intellectual honesty. And in my mind, I immediately went to like, you know, that, that self integrity. Um, mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? I mean, you can use the foundation of what you're talking about now, if you want, if that's easier. Uh, but just in general, like what is, what is intellectual honesty? It's coming across information that is conflicting with something that you're doing or something that you're selling or some or a belief system that you have currently and being able to acknowledge that and truly decide if it's more relevant or better information than what you currently have and then being able to and you know some people it, it's very easy to just come across a study or information that conflicts with your belief system um and just shrug it off and and continue you know the path that you're you're already on because it either supports you or it supports your ego or it supports your agenda your belief system whatever it is um right yeah, so being being honest is being able to take on that new information if it's better, right? If it's more correct and and run with it. Yeah, because evaluation is definitely a piece of that. Being able to evaluate whether or not something is is better or, or right. worse, true yeah. or false. 
I mean, there's a huge piece of it too, is like understanding how much money goes into like funding some of these studies, you know, just because it's published on PubMed, like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be intellectually honest, right? I mean, there, there could be boundaries that we don't see as, as a consumer just because we weren't part of that process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did a, a recent story. It was yesterday or two days ago, um, <clears throat> like a huge storyline on my Instagram, and I made a highlight, and it was all about antibodies. And oh, yeah, what, I saw that. That was really yeah, good. Yeah, what they mean or what their function is. And I didn't realize that there was a huge market for commercial antibodies, which all these large pharmaceutical companies are, are intertwined with. And, and they make tons of money selling ant like prepared antibodies that they've made to research, you know, different like researchers and, and uh, labs and stuff. And so one of the, like the world experts on antibodies is consequently the <laughs> the biggest critic of them and says there's no such thing as monoclonal antibodies and that antibodies are not specific and this really like brings down the entire house of cards of of our understanding of the so-called immune system or immunity right and and this is like a Harvard professor who, who like his entire deal is is uh, with antibodies, and and he's saying, "Look, everyone, like I'm laying this out here. I'm laying all the things you knew you need to do when you're researching with them to actually prove what you're saying you're proving. And you guys aren't doing any of these steps in your research, and you're not doing the proper controls, and you're not proving that." antibodies are specific or not and you but you're saying they are and then <laughs> what ends up happening is you know this guy just kind of gets he, he just gets uh shuffled off to the side and people stop submitting papers to him and and that's it and and the the whole thing goes on because obviously like you said there's so much funding and there's tons of profit involved and there's not only all that but there's this entire concept of which we believe is the immune system that we understand through this faulty information and so anyone that would come across this information like what i've presented if they were intellectually honest with themselves and they were able to review and evaluate the information they could no longer believe in the the going theory of the immune system or what immunity is because it's it's easily proven false and so that's right. a, that's a good example there it's like the it's like you hit that that wall of cognitive dissonance right like yeah. you you find something that contradicts one of your beliefs i mean for me it, the the in the whole all of this started for me like at the beginning of covid I, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I just started studying like omega threes and I, I'd never really taken, you know, the fish oil supplements or any of that stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, there was, a, there was a couple things that I was taking where it was part of it. Like it was included, you know, right. I mean, <laughs> like your, your grocery store milk, for example. Right. And, 
I started going down that rabbit hole and I hit, I must have hit like three or four like walls of cognitive dissonance, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh my God, like this is, this is the opposite of what you see everywhere. I mean, like yeah. you get notifications on your, you know, on your phone about like, oh, omega-3 supplements help the immune system. And then you start coming across like these kinds of articles that kind of break that down even further and kind of like throw you into this like purgatory of like, I'm not sure what's true anymore. Right. And I think mm -hmm. a big, a big piece of that, a big, a big survival tip you need is to have that intellectual honesty. So how do you, how do you deal with cognitive dissonance? Like when you hit a wall like that, what do you do to keep going? Cause the fact that we need to keep going, like that's the important thing is to like not quit. Right. So how do you encounter and push through those obstacles? Uh, I had to deal with that, you know, pretty strongly when I, I used to be vegan, like pretty hardcore. Mm. And uh, that was how my health journey started. And so I went heavy into juicing and more, more so the raw fruitarian type communities, which are, quite militant in their messaging about yeah you know living foods only and it's the only way to heal and fasting and so i was very gung-ho about those ideas and when you first start learning or at least was my reflex when you first start learning these types of things coming from a place of not having learned anything like that before you really want to be outspoken about it and and tell everyone you know you want to shout at the hilltops like hey you all got to get a juicer and start juicing and get on the raw living foods and stop eating meat or whatever right um and so i did quite a bit of that i mean not aggressively but i did do it and then eventually i had to learn myself that, you know, it's not a sustainable way. It, it may be a, a viable temporary strategy to, to heal certain things, but it's not a, a long-term sustainable way to create health. And, and uh, having to come out of that, like, and reintroduce animal foods, you know, in front of family and friends who had been avoiding them with, you know, can't go out to eat there can't do this can't do that yeah trying to respect you right yeah 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 and and to just sort of go back on that all of a sudden you just have to really face it head first and i think the worst thing you can do is try to tiptoe around it or try to avoid the confrontation and i've you know been been wrong so many times and had had my world blow up in front of me so many times now that it really doesn't even bother me at all anymore to just be wrong or to, to move on, do something new. It, it just gets easier over time. And you, you also can get less attached to things, I think is another thing that you learn over time is putting yourself in these boxes where you're this person who believes x y and z and you define yourself by these belief systems and by this diet and by your you know the knowledge that you believe you've gathered i think knowing in the back of your head that you could be wrong and 
engaging in debate in a way where you say, you know, this is the best of my knowledge. And if there's better information, then I'll definitely look at it, you know? Right. So I think not getting yourself stuck in so, so deep is, is the best way to sort of prevent that, the, the damage of, of this situation. And, uh, yeah it it is the best way because it allows you to stay open to any new information that you may come across yeah allowing yourself to be wrong i mean that's that's an aspect of life that we we need across the board not just not just for health related things but i mean in any regard right i mean you think about like a child when they're learning to play a sport or an instrument or whatever it is like they I don't know, as children, we have this ability, this innate ability to like be wrong and be okay with it. And it might upset us, but somewhere along the way, like we, I don't know if it's, if it's our educational system or just becoming an adult, like we, we get so obsessed with like being right. And even to ourselves, like not necessarily just people around us, but like, just, you gotta be right to yourself. Right. And it's, it's important to kind of take that wall down or that obstacle down, you know, um, I would argue as much as possible. I think owning up to that not only uh, gives you more authenticity as, as yourself, but it also kind of establishes like a framework of trust, right? For so, so like someone for you who has this educational platform, you're, you're running this company, the ability to own up to those, those wrongs, Mm -hmm. I think, in the long run pays off because not only are you building your, your company and your brand, but like you're establishing trust with your customers and clients to the point where like, okay, like he, he made a mistake and like, you know, he was able to kind of turn around and teach it and admit to it. Like, you know, we're naturally inclined to then ask the same things about ourselves too. And I think a lot of, you know, some people misunderstand that and they might take it the wrong way you know, mm-hmm. get pissed off and like, oh, well, he changed the formula. I'm not going to use his brand anymore. <laughs> um, h- how do you, when you're forming products, when you're reformulating formulas or trying to establish a new product or find a new company, like with the methylene blue thing, like how do you approach something like that, trying to appease, you know, your, your clients, your customers, but at the same time, staying true to yourself and that, you know, that openness and that willingness to learn and grow? How do you balance the two? Um, well, in terms of, of you know, the, the products and the company, it's more about having a strict set of requirements in terms of purity and quality and, and that sort of thing. And just not going with, with, formulas or companies that aren't able to adhere to that and it has to be that simple um yeah so that's what i do in that case i mean it mostly just takes a lot of time uh in and searching and just a lot of hours spent online and looking around and on the phone and emails and and all that kind of thing and and that's really what separates a good company versus a bad company, I think. I agree with that. You know, I'm definitely more inclined to trust companies that are 
you know, they're, they're doing what's best for the customer, not necessarily for themselves. And I, you know, I don't expect them to go into like a, into debt because of that. Like I understand a business needs to operate, like make money to keep running and stuff. But at the same time, like if you're just taking shortcuts, you know, you're using like the cheapest formula because it's the cheapest without thinking about how it's going to affect your customers. Like that's a huge red flag for me. Um, and it's, you know, I feel like it's getting harder and harder to find companies that do that because there's so much pressure to succeed, right? There's so much pressure mm-hmm. to like hustle and bustle and like make your brand the brand. But, you know, I, I just, I mean, Lifeblood is a perfect example of this, right? I mean, we talked what, five, six months ago and your company has grown tenfold since then, just due to the, the information and the, the knowledge that you've been sharing and passing along with the podcast and your page and your blog and even just your stories right i mean yeah finding that balance is key to running a business but i mean ultimately it comes back to like just living your life right so i know you're in the transition of like uh different residencies and stuff you don't have to go into privates or anything like that but i mean how are you balancing the the personal life with all this because i imagine it's taking a lot more than when you first started (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. I mean, uh, past four months spent a good 12, 14 hours a day in front of a screen, uh, every single day, pretty much. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of work for sure. Um, and I'm doing my best to try and set up the infrastructure of the company for the future so that I don't have to do that every day. Um, as far as things like marketing and, and content and stuff goes, I, you know, I, I really don't want to outsource that because that's when you get watered down, you know, crappy information, crappy posts Yeah, that nobody, you know, people can see through that and there's, there's really no value to it. And there, and therefore, there's no attraction that happens there, right? When when you focus on the quality of your information, the quality of your content, and you're not thinking about trying to get sales, that's actually how you get the most sales. And it's, right. it's like anything when you when you focus on being the best person you can be, honing the most skills, becoming the you know the most confident version of yourself the best version of yourself then you attract the most people and you don't do that by honing in after certain people and and trying to you know oh i just want that that person or i just want that thing the most attraction happens when you focus on yourself your skills your information your education and so on and so forth and it, it, you know this can be applied in in many different aspects of life um, this might seem like an off topic question, but do you, do you meditate? Um, no, I don't actually. I, I used to, uh, something I've sort of fallen out of, uh, I imagine like running or another. Yeah. I mean, time of course is a big piece. I, I only ask because I know, uh, past few stories you've mentioned where you've posted something where you were like grounding at sunset and you yeah. know, you're feeder in the ocean kind of thing like being someone else who lives near the ocean like i find myself 
um, not meditating in the traditional sense of, you know, cross leg, like on the floor yeah. kind of thing, but like kind of putting myself in a place where like I'm reconnecting to uh, the bigger picture, if that makes any sense. Um, and I, the only, the reason I asked this and I, I know it kind of seemed off topic, but a lot of times, you know, there has to be some sort of uh, self recollection happening for, especially for a young entrepreneur who's, who's essentially running a business by themselves, right. Mm -hmm. Trying to, trying to find, like you were saying, like trying to find that, that confidence and that, uh, that integrity and that authenticity within yourself in order to best sustain the company. So, I mean, like, what do you, what do you do to kind of recenter yourself then if you don't quote unquote meditate? I think, and I do think about that a lot. And, and like you mentioned, for me, the best ways to do that are to, to fully immerse myself and enjoy nature and my favorite activities are like swimming in the ocean. Uh, you know, going surfing is, I'm just learning, but that's been a lot of fun. And it, it really takes you out of your head because you're so focused on what you're doing and it's you and the ocean and the waves and, and you, you know, like you're really interacting with nature. And I think that's the way that, connects me the most to to the creator to the sort of this intelligence of of what's more than me and so that's my form of of meditation i guess and you know watching the sunset listening to the waves floating in the ocean swimming these are these are the things that sort of get me back to back to balance and, and ground me. It's um, just to tie this back to the whole frequency thing. You know, I think being in immersing yourself in nature um, is especially if you're able to like leave your device elsewhere Mm -hmm. at home or whatever. I feel like that, that resets people on a, on a level that I don't think words can describe. Right. Like, yep. again, like you, like for me, the ocean is very much that same thing, like swimming, surfing, whatever it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone lives near the ocean. So, yep. I mean, it could be as simple as just go, you know, going for a, a hike in the woods or, you know, um, standing in your backyard without shoes on, like little things like yep. that. It sounds crazy, but I mean, it's, it's almost like, I hate using this term. It's almost like a biohack to the point where you, you're resetting like what you are as, as an entity on earth, right? Like you're in this, this, this is going to sound woo, but like you're in this dimension, mm-hmm. you're on planet earth and you're, you have to like realign yourself with what that is in order yeah. to be the best version of your, your, your mental self, that, that higher dimensional self that kind of comes along with it. Like I feel like so often, especially in the health community, people try to separate those two things when in reality they're so closely connected and we don't realize it because we're so bombarded by those stressors, you know, the phones, the the job mm-hmm. relationships, whatever it is. And sometimes all it takes is like, you know, 10 minutes sitting in your backyard or, you know, other times it's, it's like hours going for a surf or something like that. Yeah. Um, are there any other ways that, 
people who aren't maybe near the ocean could try to do something like that? Are you aware or knowledgeable of yeah. any of those? I think getting fully immersed in an activity is really important, especially now with like, you know, all this, the Instagram and social media and stuff. It, it's easy to, for your head to be kind of in other places. And I think doing something that is kind of like a high demand activity that forces you to be there, like forces you to be focused, be present and be in that activity 100%. That's why I give the example of surfing, but it could be, you know, like playing soccer or another sport or climbing a mountain or whatever it is, you know, climbing a rock, things that require your focus and your attention 100% so that you can get out of your head, I think is, is, you know, you could find any variety of activities that do that. Um, and that's what I would suggest. So trying to find the best activity that helps you find your flow state. That's what you're saying. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. I, you know, it's funny too. Like I get that sense playing, I, I play hockey in a, you know, in a men's league, um, adult ice hockey league. And even though it's like indoors is fluorescent lights and stuff, like it's, there's a lot of stressors, but at the same time, like mm. I'm in my flow state because of that. And I feel like yeah. I'm able to kind of ground myself, even though I'm not like literally on the ground. You know, of course, yeah. like connecting yourself to the to the earth one on one is going to be the best version of that, but it's not the only way to do it. Exactly. And I think that we're able to create fields, you know, whether they're resonant or electromagnetic or whatever they are in, in, in nature, vibratory. I think we're able to create those just by ourselves. And a lot of that is I think it happens when you're not trying to, when you're not trying so hard and, and when you're yeah. just let go and you're enjoying the thing that you're doing the most and you're not thinking about X, Y, Z or all the consequences surrounding it or the potential harms that might be there or, or not. And it's, you know, it's funny too. My brain just kind of jumped to this as well, even though it's kind of left field, but that, they say that the the highest uh, vibrational frequency to kind of do that, to center yourself like that is, is love and joy. Right. So like mm -hmm. when you find yourself in that activity and you're experiencing those emotions, like you're, that's essentially what you're doing is like, you're kind of regrounding yourself to like that pure focus of like the one thing that is bringing you the joy rather than all of the stressors, the stressors around us. Those are the things that pull us off and out of that circle which it's difficult to get back into if you've been out of it for a little while, but it's important to find one and like, you know, continue to grow with it. You know, maybe surfing's not the thing you try it and it doesn't work. Okay, cool. Go to the next thing. Right. <laughs> like there's so many yeah. options out there, but it comes back full circle to that intellectual honesty, right? Like being open with yourself and, and knowing both yourself intellectually, but also physically, like, you know, your, your body's capabilities. I think that those two things, again, are so closely linked that they bring us that sense of, of human that all of us so desperately need right now. <laughs> I know it sounds yeah. wonky, but mm -hmm. totally. Um, anyway, Adam, this is, uh, this has been awesome. I think this is a good spot to kind of transition. You want to jump over to the rapid fire questions? Yeah. 
Um, so it, just like last time, I you know I, I use the word rapid, but they don't. Your answers don't need to be quick. Take it as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, same questions as last time. Right now, first one. What's what are you currently reading right now? What are you consuming to kind of help better yourself? And would you recommend it to listeners? Um, right now, actually, not reading anything to be honest. Just research. <laughs> yeah. I've done so much reading. Read, I mean, reading and, can be taken lightly research. too. Like I've had people. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no worries. I mean, I've done so much reading and and research four months that kind of my way of of reading is now just appreciating the nature that I'm surrounded with and uh, that's what I'm reading really is like I'm reading the sunset and (laughs) reading the ocean and and uh yeah yeah that's that's where I'm at right now I dig that you know I use the term reading lightly um Mm because like you said like I feel like you can read many different things and that can take many forms like listening or, or watching. Right. But when you are trying to consume that information, whether it be, you know, natural information, like the wisdom of mother earth, or whether it be a podcast or document or a book, I mean, any of those things, the entire point is to immerse yourself in that information to better yourself and that's ultimately why this is one of the questions on a podcast called betterism is like how are you consuming the things around you in order to better yourself but i think that's a good answer i mean that's definitely the first time anyone's ever said nature um but that's pretty important to like read the things around you yeah very um enlightening i should say Mm -hmm. cool all right uh Second question, um, and I don't know if your answer has changed or not, but what's your favorite dish? You got a meal you like to prepare and cook for yourself. Has that changed at all? Have you been experimenting with new things since last time? Um, right now will be the fresh orange juice that's in season right now here in Mexico. Mm. Are you a fan of the, uh, the adrenal cocktail? Is that a was that a coconut? Um, not really. I just don't. I, I I just don't think it tastes very good. So I like to just have my orange juice separate. Yeah. And I'll take a pinch of salt on the side. Um, mm-hmm. And effectively, you're getting the same ingredients without you know. I don't know. I I'm a bit of like a culinary kind of freak so <laughs> you got a taste right i feel like a, what is yeah. that is, uh is that ray p i don't know who i don't know who coined that um but i i do know like i consume all of those things separately but i feel like to yeah. i'm like you like together i don't think they taste too good <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a strange uh cocktail as they call it yeah and you know that's the other important thing too is like recognizing your tastes and your you know, like mm-hmm. what, what, what do you enjoy? Cause if you're not enjoying it, I mean, what ultimately what's the point? Like if you're upset, I know Matt Blackburn talks about this all the time on his podcast on media life, but he's like, if you're not, if you're obsessing over your health and what it is you're eating, then you're, you're creating stress in your life because you're, you're worrying about things instead of enjoying the things. And that's ultimately doing more harm than good. I think that's important. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh. exactly. Um, all right, third final question here. And this can come from our chat or it could be something else you've been thinking about lately. But um, what's one betterism or one life lesson you want listeners to walk away with today? Something that, like, after listening to the show, one thing you want to stick? Um, learn how to be intellectually honest. Learn how to recognize that and focus on honing your own skills, your own value, your own uh, quote unquote content in whatever it is that you do or the, the way that you interact with other people in the world. Uh, focus on, on what you're providing first over what you can get from someone else or something else second. That's important. Again, it's all connected, folks. <laughs> I mm-hmm. love that. Um, cool. Uh, Adam, man, it's been awesome chatting with you again. I'm so grateful for sharing your time, your wisdom. Um, where can listeners find you online? Where can they check out Life Lifeblood's products? Um, I think last I saw you were working on a new red light device if i'm not mistaken but where can they reach you um at adam marfioti on instagram at lifeblood co l-i-f-e-b-l-u-d-c-o on instagram and www.lifeblood.co uh and that's where i am and uh i think do you have anything in the i don't i don't you know if you don't want if you don't want to spoil this browser or anything are you got anything in the works coming down the pikes we can look out for with lifeblood yeah that soft gel uh vitamin e formula should be should be available in i'm hoping two months or or slightly less and uh i'm also working on getting into a warehouse in the u.s so we might even be able to uh, offer like a cheaper and faster shipping option Uh, Mm. so i'm working on that and uh we'll see how that goes that's good man applying the research skills outside of the expertise (laughs) yeah exactly i mean i'm really focusing on sort of customer experience uh side of things yeah man honestly everything is top notch I think that's why you've grown so much these past couple of yeah. months is for that reason. So keep digging, man. It's working. Yeah. Thank you. All right, dude. Uh, it's been real. We'll connect again yeah. at some point for round three. I love chatting with you every time. So always, always intellectual, always entertaining. Um, yeah. Be well. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Later, later. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>